If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you do? That's a great question. <laughs> what is the long-term effect of too much information? Hello and welcome back to the Wine Jar Cynics podcast. I am Dio. Gene. And I'm Mac. Today we're talking about the Roman cynics, cynics in the Roman Empire. And um, we're just going to kind of talk about how how they got interested in adapting cynicism and kind of the, the Roman traditional virtues that were... Um, I guess congenial with it because there's some stuff, some Roman virtues that I guess are kind of like kind of parallel each other with cynicism. So this is why they liked it. So first one is going to be lack of theory. So the Romans liked it because it was a simple philosophy. Um, funny enough, ro um, the Romans liked stoicism, which was super popular you know, Marcus Aurelius is the most famous uh, Stoic. Seneca too. There's many, many big figures, but that they uh, they were educated people of the populace. You know, the average person. I don't know how Stoic the average person was because it's kind of it's it was almost kind of a fad in the Roman Empire. Don't know how applicable it was to the regular people, but there were objections to Stoicism, and that was one of the ob objections that it is a bit theoretical. Because it is. I mean, there is... The ethics part isn't, but, you know, the sto Stoic... Have you heard of the Stoic egg? So the Stoic egg is logic, physics, and ethics. So the ethics part is the most popularized part of the Stoic um, philosophy. But, you know, nowadays, no, nobody talks about the, the logical end or the physics. You know, so... This is one. This is one objection that the, you know, regular populace had of uh, stoicism. So this is why it was cynicism that intrigued the Romans because there is no theory to cynicism. You know, it is trying to emulate Hercules, trying to emulate the old sages. You know, Diogenes. Some of the stuff, not all of it. This is the big difference between cynics in Greece and the cynics in Rome. The Romans didn't want to do everything Diogenes did. And they were, you know, fiercely against it. Some of the aspects. Um, really, um, you just have to emulate the past. These, these, these um, I guess, wise men. And Socrates. So, that was one reason. The next one had to do with... Um, how how the cynics they teach by example in cynicism it's they don't care about you know teaching lessons through textbooks or instructions or schools they you know it's you know walk walk the walk and talk the talk you know and this is what what the romans like because traditionally the romans they took the ancestral example as a model of virtue so this is my how my ancestors lived this is how my forefathers lived and this is why and that's all I need. I just need their example to lead me down the path. Um, from what I understand, the, um, the last emperor of the Byzantine Empire when they were crashing down the, um, the, the great walls of uh, Constantinople, 
um, he could have escaped from what I understand. And he didn't want to escape because he was thinking about the, his ancestors. I mean, I imagine that that's what he was thinking because the Romans believed that they descend from the Trojans, a, a mighty people, even though they did get beat by the Greeks, but you know, they were a mighty people and all the other emperors and senators and great people of civilization. So this is important to them. And the, the cynics see it the same way, you know, emulate these people that, you know, they thought they they were great. Some people will disagree, be like, yeah, Diogenes, you know, he's overwhelming. Mean, he's kind of a sh- shit bag, but that um, is an aspect. The next one I would say is the Romans admired the physical austerity and toughness. And again, the, this is going back to the ancestors of Rome. You know, the Romans originally were farmers. They were people who were tough. The Again, the founding stories and the myths of Rome tell us that the people who started Rome, they were, I mean, they were bandits. They were outcasts. They were, they were tough people. And they created their own city and, and empire eventually. So they were tough people. They weren't weak. Um, and they prided themselves as such. But the, the, here's the thing about Roman cynicism that is, how do I say, incompatible with cynicism, at least from the past, uh, modesty. The Romans believed in modesty. So all this stuff where, you know, Diogenes would, was jerking off in public, having sex in public. Well, it wasn't um, Diogenes, but Crates was having sex in pub- public with his wife. You have all these, you know, stories of them shitting and all these th- all these nasty things. Yeah, they were not on board with that. They thought it's not it's not virtuous. The Roman virtue should be modest, and um, so that's the biggest incompatible. Even I mean, I agree with that, and I think that's incompatible with the way we live nowadays. So. There's a very famous guy called Demetrius who highlighted the Greek cynic aspects to traditional Roman virtues such as hardiness and simplicity and self-control and honesty. I like that because whether you like it or not, whether you hate the cynics, they're going to say it, they're going to tell you how it is. They're not going to and they and that's the cynic shameless part, you know, with the freedom of speech. They will be unhinged and say whatever they want. Even if it makes you feel bad, even if it makes you feel sad, even if it's insulting, it has to do a lot with the time, with the place to live in too. You know, Athens. You know, it's supposed to be democratic and all that. Um, and Demetrius, he's the one who tried to gloss over Diogenes' shocking and nefarious aspects of cynicism that do not align with Roman decency. So again. For those people who are like, ah, cynicism sounds a little too raunchy for me. Yeah. Roman cynicism is, I I think, how it should be, actually. I don't think you necessarily need to make a statement like that. Like how Diogenes did. Because then everybody would be a cynic who's homeless, essentially, <laughs> like you, were, you guys were saying. Mm-hmm. So another thing is Roman cynicism is a modification. They did not want lunatics in the fringe. Um, Roman Stoics eventually they they befriended Roman cynics, and this would this would probably be unheard of before because you know you don't want to in involve yourself with these people who are kind of dirty and you know indecent, not who, people who weren't modest. So 
uh, Demetrius, he was a friend with uh, Seneca, the Stoic. So there was kind of a convergence between cynicism and Stoicism because of the, a lot, a lot of it had to do with the intellectual, political, and, and more emotional overlap of the time. So there's kind of a movement of this convergence, cynic, Stoic, um, I guess, yeah, convergence in the first to second century AD. If you guys want to know the type, the time period, um, they both again. If people don't watch much about, they don't know much about cynicism. They both branch out from, I mean, Socrates. So, the Stoics want to emulate Socrates, and so do the Cynics. The Cynics are the the extreme versions of uh, Socrates. You know that's why they called him, they called Diogenes the Mad Socrates, and apparently it was Plato who said this. Right, so because he's he acts like Socrates, but he's just kind of a crazier, dirtier version. Because we know so Socrates was a smelly dude; he didn't want to take showers. And apparently, his students at one point had to like tell him, "Yeah, take a shower, man. You're stinking up the place." So the Stoic the Stoics are less extreme in this aspect, but again, they both branch out from the same same person, very similar beliefs, just applied differently. Um, and again. The thing about cynicism and Mac touched touched upon this. Um, I mean, not all cynics are the same. People are gonna interpret it differently. They're gonna express it differently. They're gonna, you know, there's so many different types of cynics. So you know, for everybody trying to bunch them all in, it's just like the Stoics too. Every Stoic is gonna be different. Um, and I think that's the cool part about it. You know, if you wanna modif modify some of it, even now, I don't think it's a problem. I don't think even Diogenes would care. As long as, you know, you have the most important thing is uh, self-sufficiency. I guess try to defy certain norms and customs if you don't think they're they're virtuous. Things of that of that sense. Um, another thing about, about um, Roman cynicism that's probably going to interest some people is there's a, there was a lot of Roman aristocrats who were interested in cynicism. And funny enough, apparently the reason why was because it 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 uh it overlapped with the urge to turn the empire back into the republic. So you know, at this time, there was a lot of people who were against Rome being an, an empire. And funny enough, you had to be. I guess it it makes sense to be a cynic because you are trying to defy, and um, I guess, yeah, defy this the the norm of okay, I guess we're an empire now, right? Even though people. Some people definitely were thinking, why? You know, we, we've been a republic. You know, there's a story of the last, the last king of Rome who was a tyrant and his, his sons had to kill him because, you know, he did something really bad. He raped somebody. So they never wanted an evil man to have all, all the power. So a cynic in this sense would make a lot of sense because that's a, that's a norm. You know, if you were to tell somebody, I want to, we should be a republic again. You know, people would probably bat an eye and be like, yeah, you're crazy. We're an empire now. You got to take it or leave it, you know? But, um, and there's, there's also stories of professional Roman men who, you know, they would work their normal job and um, on the weekend, they'd be a cynic. They would just, you know, put on their cloak, they'd take their nap staff and their knapsack and staff and just go and do cynic stuff, just wander. <laughs> so it's everybody you know, practices cynicism differently in different time periods in different ways. 
So I guess this whole the whole point of the video is, you know, if you have these negative connotations of cynicism because of all the stuff we've talked about, I'm hoping this video can kind of change your mind a bit. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, paradoxically, cynicism wants people to be free. They want them to be self-sufficient. Make up your mind, your own mind. But I think the the one aspect of, you know, trying to defy certain cultural norms, I think is something that should happen especially with, with what's going on right now. I'm not going to go into the modern political state, but... Mm-hmm. And um, Lucian of Samo, Somosata, he was a Syrian, a satirist and rhetorician. I don't know how you say that. He was a, somebody who studied rhetoric, who is best known for his characteristic tongue-in-cheek style, which he frequented, frequently ridiculed superstition. Uh, superstition, religious practices, and the belief in the paranormal. So again, yeah, that, a lot. That is one aspect that um also is important to um the Romans and the Cynics. The Romans before the Cynic, the Cynics um, became popular, loved loved this kind of tongue in cheek satire. You know, they were hardy men. They didn't care about that was. I mean, they cared about elo- eloquence to a certain extent, but a lot of people liked. Expressing expressing themselves in that sense, so the cynics they also like satire because we know it's uh, the cynic tenet called parisia in Greek, which means freedom of speech. That's a, a a virtue. You should be able to say what you want whenever you want, and it, it aligns with the Roman virtue of yeah. I mean, they're hardy people who want to express themselves with satire. This is why, you know, the Roman theaters were so popular. And, um, yep, essentially that is the Roman cynics. I want to do it in 15 minutes. Guys, guys got any comments? It's a, no, it's a pretty good summary. I'm, I'm curious about one thing. About who, we're still not sure where, like, the Romans who founded Rome originally came from. from Was it di- different places? That's a. <laughs> oh, oh yeah i mean there's a lot of mythological aspects to it you know there is the founders romulus and remus they were you know born from a she-wolf they were nurtured by the milk of a wolf you know some people think that that is actually a uh, a uh, hidden way of saying a prostitute the she-wolf is a prostitute that that um found these abandoned children and they became um you know powerful warriors and eventually you know you know the story. Rome, Romulus kills Remus. Yeah. But um, I don't know too much about the anthropological aspect of it. Yeah, I can't. Where they came from. There's, some, there's a lot of mythology to it that they came from the Trojans. Whether or not it was true or not, it's not really the point. They believed it. The mythology is in their, their, um, in their minds. So this is why, again, it goes back to cynicism because... They want to lead by example. They want to lead from the ancestral, I mean, the, the, yeah, the ancestral path. Like this is what, you know, our ancestors, not really our ancestors, but the, the our, our great master, grandmasters from the past, just like the Romans thought, you know, we come from the Trojans. We come from Romulus and Remus who, and these, you know, st- stocky, hardy farmers who, who did all these things, all these, you know, they struggled a lot to, create rome because you know rome had 
apparently Rome had no females back then. It was just the scum of the earth who who um, occupied Rome. They 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 wanted to um, to import people, but they couldn't because no one wanted to go there. Why would you want to go to some dirty town that nobody that has nothing to offer? But you know, mythologically, they it was to, it was said that Rom, Romulus was charismatic and he tried to find a way. But um. I mean, does that answer your question? Yeah, I mean, it's... There's a lot of mixture, because, you know, it is going back to... I don't know if they had writing at that point. Yeah, they did. I'm pretty sure they did. They did, because the Greeks had writing. Yeah, so... <clears throat> yeah, there's... there's. I'm not a historian, but I've, I've read a, a little bit about it, but there is some kind of a blur in between where they come from originally versus, you know, that area they settled before. Any other questions or top or ideas? Max like nah. But anyway, the whole point of this is just um you should I mean if again if you are kind of hesitant to learn about this, there's a lot of aspects of cynicism that um are interesting, you know, the time periods, the the way it affected certain philosophies. Friedrich Nietzsche, he's a he really liked Diogenes. And whether you like nihilism or not there's it is a foundational to western philosophy and its impacts on religious belief and society you know i'm not personally a, f a fan of uh friedrich nietzsche too much but he was inspired by diogenes um different people in, in rome liked it obviously for it did have something even emperor julian you know he's a high, you know, he's the highest status man possible he's the emperor the last pagan emperor of the roman empire he likes some of the as uh some of the aspects of cynicism i don't think anybody likes cynicism as a whole i don't think any of us either that's why it had to be modified i think it existed for a reason because of the certain you know again diogenes past was jaded he he was a jaded person he was uh unhappy he was angry at society for for good reasons but um there's a lot of aspects, even in, in the uh, speaking to the ancestral position of the cynics, you know, they look back to the teachings of Zeus. They look back to the teachings of Apollo and um, Hercules. So there's that an ancestral mythological kind of quasi religious aspect of the cynics that, that inspired them in a certain sense or not inspired them, but definitely had an impact on it. And I don't think other cynic, you know, historians and stuff, you know, talk too much about it. But even Socrates, you know, his friend went to an oracle. Um, Zeno went to an oracle. He's a cynic. Alexander the Great went to an oracle too. So there's that religious... There's a lot of aspects to, to um, cynicism, you know. So that's the next topic. The ancestral, you know, people used to believe in... in and Apollo and Zeus and Hercules and all the, these things and pray to them and and they wanted to in, inherit the certain lessons that they it was said that they um, were supposed to teach. So that's that's it for for today. Next time, any other other comment? No. All right. Get them. <laughs>